thank you for this time. We can just be in your presence together, Lord. Um, yeah, I'm just so excited about just being able to gather together again in community. Um, yeah, it's just amazing, Lord. We thank you for your presence here among us. And Lord, we really desire for your will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And yeah, God, I just ask that yeah, you'll speak through me, Lord, and yeah, that your truth will just land, God. Um, that it won't be the words that Andrew speaks, but it will be your word um, that resounds above all else. And so, yeah, God, come every way among us, Lord Jesus. Um, Lord, thank you that you speak to us um, individually, really personally, God. And, and Lord, yeah, I just ask that tonight each person will hear directly from you and what you are saying to them. Oh, it's just in Jesus' name. Amen. Cool. So we're going through a series on like exiles, because yeah, lockdown. We've kind of experienced being in a in a time of exile. But as citizens of heaven, we are called to be living differently on the earth in any case because we belong to Jesus. And so technically, if you're a believer, you're actually living as a foreigner exile in this world. And so, yeah, I just want to read from Daniel 6. If you have a Bible or your phone, you all can scroll there because we're going to be reading the whole of Daniel 6 and then delving in. Okay. Cool. Should I wait? Right. It's after Jeremiah, after Ezekiel. Yeah. Cool. Here we go for it. So Daniel in the den of lions, it says, It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom, with three chief ministers over them, one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the chief ministers and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. At this, the chief ministers and satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent, very different to our government people or other governments. So we can learn from Daniel on how to live with integrity from there. Um, then verse 6 says, So these chief ministers and satraps went as a group to the king and said, May King Darius live forever. The royal ministers, prefects, satraps, advisors, and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or human being during the next 30 days, except to you, your majesty, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Now, your majesty, issue the decree and put it in writing, so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. So King Darius put the decree in writing. Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room with the windows open towards Jerusalem. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel praying, and asking God for help. So they went to the king and spoke to him about his royal decree. Uh, I'm somewhere. There we go. About his royal decree. Did you not publish a decree 
that during the next 30 days, anyone who prays to any god or human being except to you, your majesty, would be thrown into the lion's den? And the king answered, the decree stands in accordance with the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. Then they said to the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, your majesty, or to the decree you put in writing. He still prays three times a day. When the king heard this, he was greatly distressed. He was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sunset to save him. And then the men went as a group to King Darius and said to him, Remember, your majesty, that according to the law of the Medes and Persians, no decree or edict that the king issues can be changed. So the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. And the king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of his nobles, so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating and without entertainment being brought to him, and he could not sleep. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. And when he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? And Daniel answered, may the king live forever. My God sent his angel, and he, sh and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me, because I was found innocent in his sight. Nor have I done any wrong before you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. At, this, the king's command, at the king's command, the men who had falsely accused Daniel were brought in and thrown into the lion's den along with their wives and children. It's hectic, no? Hectic. <laughs> and before they reached the flood, I mean, before they reached the floor of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. Then King Darius wrote to all the nations and peoples of every language in all the earth, May you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel, for he is the living God, and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus, the Persian. Lots of, lots of highlights in there, eh? Better than a movie. It's like reading Daniel. Go read Daniel 1 to 6. Guys, yeah. You'll, you'll be quite surprised by what happens. But yeah, any case, just some background about Daniel. Daniel and his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were taken into exile in like about 605 BC, so they were taken from their home in Judah, and then taken to Babylon by King Nebuchadnezzar, and basically forced to succumb to the culture in Babylon during that time. So they had to leave their homes, they had to leave their families, everything they loved, everything they held dear, they basically had to leave that behind. Now imagine, this is like, Daniel was probably like your age, right here. Like late teens, early young adulthood, when he went into exile. So just bear that in mind. Imagine having to leave everything and going into exile forcibly 
I'm not by choice. Daniel and his friends spent three years learning the language and literature and culture of the Babylonians and were being prepped to serve in the, king, in the king's palace. Every effort was made to strip them of their Jewish identity over those three years. I'm just thinking like Jesus took three, three years with his disciples, like trying to change them, and they were still not changed until he was resurrected and came back. I mean, they were like, he is the one, which is awesome. So there's time for us to be changed. To be changed. Then Daniel served in government for about 70 years under various kings, including Nebuchadnezzar, Belshazzar, Darius, and Cyrus. We read about Darius now, who reigned during that time. Daniel and his friends faced many trials and pressures from the society that they were living in, but continued to remain faithful to God. And that's what I want to focus on, is the faithfulness of Daniel um, throughout his time of exile. Um, knowing that God was in ultimate control, no matter what they may have been facing or what the outcome might be, and that he was with them through it all. By the time, like we often see pictures of Daniel in the lion's den, a young man, which was what I thought he was, but he wasn't. He was like, well, like estimated to be in his 80s. I don't know if that is right, but I, I Googled. I don't know if Google's right. But in any case... They said he must have been in his 80s when he was in the lion's den. So I'm like thinking this is a old, like a hardcore old man um, to, to still stand by his convictions like that. Um, yeah, and so just a few things that stand out to me about Daniel and even just his friends. Like Daniel was faithful in how he lived his life. Like the king, the way he worked probably throughout, under all the kings, like, was recognized. He was seen as a man of integrity, very trustworthy. They couldn't find any fault in the work that he did. Like, that's how well he worked. He was very consistent. Sorry, my voice went away. He was very consistent um, in his convictions. Like, he didn't waver at all. And his peers and the king recognized that in him. Like people who didn't follow the same belief system and, and, as Daniel actually recognized that he lived differently and that he served a different God. Like King Darius was like, Daniel, may the God whom you serve like rescue you. Um, so he lived like quietly, but like quietly for the Lord. He was very really consistent. His life actually spoke loudly um, about ways, integrity, um, lied. Yeah. And then... Yeah, consistent in his convictions in worshiping and faithfully serving God. Um, I read Jeremiah 29 uh, earlier in the week, and that seems to be written around the same time that Daniel went into exile. And it says here, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Now if you build and plant and marry and have children and grandchildren and... All the, that's a long time. It doesn't, it doesn't happen overnight. <laughs> so there's this expectation that you guys are going to settle in in this place of exile. I will rescue you, but 
You need to first go through that time, that time of exile. And Daniel would have probably heard, heard this prophetic word spoken from the Lord. Um, and I just love that. Seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Um, and so, yeah, like Daniel, the way he worked, he worked very well. So I'm assuming the city prospered. While he, like Andy Ski was one of the top administrators um, during that time. And I just love like how Daniel 6 ends. ends. It says, so Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Um, which makes me just link that where it says, pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. And Daniel was a man of prayer, which is my next point. <laughs> he was faithful in prayer. <laughs> Daniel, like he, if you read through Daniel, yeah, you can actually like make the assumption that he was a man of prayer. Um, he prayed three times a day, as we read in Daniel 6. But also, whenever faced with difficult situations, he would turn to the Lord in prayer. Um, in Daniel chapter 2, we read of King Nebuchadnezzar having a dream, and then he summons all the wise men to come and interpret the dream, and the guys that came could not interpret the dream, and so he was like, y'all gonna die. Okay, he didn't say it like that, but he did execute them because they couldn't interpret the dream. And then he was like, he sent out to order and was like, all the wise men in the land, like, kill them all, because like he just assumed if they can't interpret, no one can interpret the dream. And then Daniel obviously thought this was a very harsh, like, order. He, like, asked the king, like, just give me some time, you know, to ask the Lord, like, actually to interpret the dream. And then him, so Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they all, he summons his friends, he's like, come guys, let us pray. Pray to the Lord together and ask him for mercy um, so that we might be able to interpret this dream. And God answers them and gives Daniel the interpretation, and he shares it with the king. Um, and he does that again in chapter 4 and 5 as well. Like, I just love Daniel's reliance on God. Like, we don't know the details of his relationship with God, because that's all, like, I'm like, I think it's assumed that he had a very close um, relationship with the Lord from, like, a young age, um, even to his 80s when he was in the lion's den. And, yeah, it's just beautiful that, like, whenever he faced a situation that was difficult, he turned to the Lord first, and I'm like, do I do that? No. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like let me try and figure this solution out myself first. Um, and then usually, like, God's, like, number two or three on my, on my prayer list, like, when I'm really, really stuck, and then I'm like, okay, God, help me. But, like, I would love to be like Daniel, who was, like, first thing, was like, guys, let's pray. And I love that he asked his friends to pray. He like, didn't go like, pray by himself. He's like, come guys, pray with me. Like, let's intercede. Let's pray and ask God um, for help. And I've also just reminded that Jesus was a man of prayer as well. And so he like, was in constant communion with God. Like, he didn't do anything apart from God. Anything. Like, he followed him to the T. And... Like, even Daniel, when they were like, oh, Daniel, you got the interpretation. He's like, no, it's not me. Like, he gave the glory to the Lord, which is just so beautiful. And in Romans 12, verse 11, um, 12, yeah, 11 to 12 says, Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, 
faithful in prayer. And I think that just like when I read that word, I'm like, that's Daniel. And I'm like, Lord, let that be, be us as well. And may we be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. And then, yeah, the last point is that, God, that Daniel was faithful to God. Because that's like, yeah. So it was faithful in his life, in the way he lived his life, faithful in prayer, and then faithful to God. Um, Daniel was determined to obey and serve God, um, remaining faithful to him no matter what the outcome might have been. He never wavered, even with the possibility of his allegiance leading to death. Um, he continued to spend time with the Lord in prayer, giving thanks as he had always done, knowing that he might be noticed, because when he prayed, when we read in Daniel 6, like the windows were open, people could see that he was actually praying to the Lord. Um, that's how he got caught. Um, like he, he still continued to remain faithful to God. And we see the same with his friends, um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in chapter 3, who were unwilling to compromise their allegiance to God and their conviction um, to bowing only to the Lord when the king was like, no, bow to me. And they were like, no, like, we will not. And yeah, I just love this account where it says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he doesn't, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. And just like that conviction, it's like, no matter what, they're like, even if we die, even if the Lord can save us, but even if he doesn't, like, we will not bow down. Our allegiance is to God. Um, and then they were thrown into the fire, so they stood up to the king. They were like, yeah, we're not going to bow down. Like, they still got thrown into the fire, but then God rescued them. Um, and it's just amazing, like, how God actually came through and intervened in that account. Um, yeah, and then Daniel's accusers as well. They find him praying to God. They informed the king, and then, like, they were like, the king, like, king you said, <laughs> you're the one that made the decree. They must, like, he must be thrown into the lion's den. And the king, like, actually regretted the order he made because he, like, so favored Daniel um, and respected him. And he was like, and I love this, it's like, he sees the God that Daniel serves. It's like, Daniel, may the God you serve, like, actually rescue rescue you from the lion's, the lion's mouth. And God rescues him and shuts the mouths of the lion. Daniel gives glory to God, and King Darius actually ends up praising God, issuing an order that all throughout the land should fear and respect the living God. Throughout Daniel's time in exile, he and his friends remained faithful to God, and God continually cared and intervened for them. And like he continues like, to show his faithfulness to them. And through it all. And I'm just like, that uncompromising, I'm just like, Lord. <laughs> I think often like today, we like, when life is good, we're like, God's good. Or maybe when life's good, we're like, I can do whatever I want. Because <laughs> life's good. Or like, you know, like when life's bad, we're like, God, why are you doing this to me, you know? Or like God doesn't, or we can think God doesn't care. Um, and we might as well just do whatever we want. Um, and so we waver between 
this side and that side. Um, Cindy and I were, were chatting earlier um, in the foyer, just saying like, oh, like, like, I mean, my heart's desire like, is to be faithful to God, but how often through the day do I waver in between? It's like doing my own thing and then doing, being faithful to God. And, and I'm sure like, a lot of us struggle with that. Um, but yeah, may the Lord help us by his spirit to, to remain faithful to him. Um, yeah, just reminded, like, just unto death, Daniel and his friends were willing to, to stand up for the Lord. Um, Romans 12 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And then also just a reminder of what Paul writes to Timothy. Paul, like when he was in prison at the time, he writes this to Timothy. Remember Jesus Christ raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel for which I am suffering, even to the point of being chained like a criminal, but God's word is not changed. Therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that, too, that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Here is a trustworthy saying, if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also dis- disown us. And if we are faithless, he remains faithful, for we cannot deny himself. And I just love that, like, even when we <laughs> are not walking consistently with God, like, God is still walking consistently with us, which is just amazing. So that's 2 Timothy 2, verse 8 to 13, if people are writing down notes. And I'm just, like, in view of, like, all the Lord Jesus has done for us on the cross <laughs> and continues to do for us, I'm like, this pandemic has been hectic. Some people have lost lives. Some people have gotten sick. Um, loved ones have been like taken um, it's just yeah I'm just amazed that we are all still standing here and we get to gather together like this um, that is just grace right there um, and I'm like what, what is the response for all Jesus has done for us like, like I think am I faithful in the way I'm living am I faithful in my prayer life am I faithful in serving God and like and showing his love to not like showing my love for him and showing love to those I come into contact with, which is the two greatest commandments right there um, into one. Um, And yeah, it is a challenge and I think it's a a daily working out our salvation with fear and trembling and actually asking the Lord by spirit to to come and do a work in us Um, because he's the one that works in us to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. And following him, we don't follow him blindly. Like some people, like a blind faith. Like, no, it's not. Jesus says, count the cost. (laughs) Count the cost. Like he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. For what good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? 
Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. That's Mark 8, verse 34. Onwards, and I'm like, just thinking again, Daniel and his friends, like to the point where they face death. I mean, they literally should have died in normal terms. But like God rescued them and saved them. But they didn't love their life so much to hang on to it. Like they loved God more than, than their lives. Um, and they didn't care what people think. And I think, yeah, like often we're like, what are my friends going to say? What, what, that was, this is not cool. Or I don't know what the lingo is. For, for the young people. But yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like, we, like we can often want to impress people and then forget like that we were made in, for God, for his glory. And the only one <laughs> we need to be accountable to and impress is the Lord Jesus because um, he made us for him. And so, yeah, like, I'm like, Lord, give me that wholehearted devotion. Give us that wholehearted devotion to walk faithfully with you and for you so people can see like the change <laughs> that you've made in my life and in our lives as believers as followers of christ um yeah daniel people saw that he lived differently they were his friends i mean the, his friends people saw that they lived differently like they didn't go yeah god is the only true god like darius declared daniel you're living god as you live as the living god saved you i'm like who, who could have revealed that to him in that, in that pagan nation, like a nation that didn't believe in God at all? Um, it's only through the way Daniel lived, and I believe by God's Spirit, um, opening da- Darius's eyes to see that he is the living God um, that rescued Daniel. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's my, the message that I have to share. Hopefully we can be faithful to the Lord um, this is a challenging message for me. I've been wrestling with it for a while, um, as, as Bebe knows. Just because, like, often when you work through this stuff, you actually get challenged yourself. It's like, am I? Like, you don't feel qualified to actually share <laughs> on a topic because you want to be working, like, perfectly um, in whatever you're sharing. But there's grace, and, and God is doing the work in us and through us. And so, yeah, my prayer for us is that we would be faithful in everything we do, and that people will see <laughs> that we are living differently and not be like, there's you, there's the world. And they're like, oh, there's no difference. They'll be like, there's you, there's the world. Oh, there's something different about this one. Yeah. Why don't they get angry? Why are they so generous to the poor? Why do they like, love their enemies and not get, like, you know, not get upset with them? Why are they so loving? Because um, it's like the fruit of Jesus working in us and through us will make us live differently and stand out. We won't be able to help it. His light will just shine so brightly in and through each and every single one of us. So yeah, that's, that's what I want to share. I shall pray for us. Um, but yeah, let me close in prayer. Um, yeah, Father God, thank you that you are the faithful one, the faithful God, the only living only living God. And Lord, thank you that, yeah, even when we are faithless and unfaithful to you, you remain faithful, God. And Lord, yeah, I just pray for each and every single one of us right now. Yeah, that by your spirit, 
you will reveal to us the areas that we are walking faithfully with you, Lord, and you will also reveal to us the areas that we are not walking faithfully in our relationship with you, Lord. And Lord, I ask that yeah, by your spirit you will help us, help us to let go of the things that are holding us back from, from walking faithfully with you and wholeheartedly sold out for you, Lord, and to hold on to all that you have for us, Lord Jesus, which is only good. And Lord, I ask that you give us boldness and courage to yeah, stand out for you, um, yeah, not to be afraid and not wanting to compromise, but to live lives of integrity, um, lives that yeah, just show your love and shine your light in whatever we do and whatever we say. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>